They probably don't say it in English. Welcome to another episode of This Goose is Cooked, where we review books intended for our future generations. Today's book, How Do Dinosaurs Say Goodnight? by Jane Yolen, illustrated by Mark Teague, published by Blue Sky Press. How Do Dinosaurs Say Goodnight? explores how theoretical dinosaurs would fall asleep if they had human beings for parents. Will these dinosaurs be little angels and put themselves to bed? Or will it be like a scene from Jurassic Park? There's so much blood! Well, no need to find a bedtime book. We got one. So grab your books if you got them, and let's get cooking. We begin on a massive T-Rex playing with his toy train set. Seems normal. Is he playing with it, though? Or is he examining it because the Industrial Revolution was millions of years after these prehistoric creatures went extinct? And since someone brought them back to life, he's like, What the fuck is this shit? Either way, he's got a hold of the old choo-choo train. And the author asks, quote, How do dinosaurs say goodnight? When Papa comes in to turn off the lights. End quote. It's a human poppy, which is interesting. Considering this dinosaur seems to have feelings, I would say he's not a pet, and that's his actual poppy. And not that bullshit. Puppy parent! Millennials poll. Anyway, the dino looks back at Poppy with a cold-blooded, no pun intended, death stare. Like, look at me. I am the conductor now. Don't think about touching that light. Poppy might want to slowly back away. T-Rex train makes Sharknado look like child's play. Next, we turn the page to see a stegosaurus, and Jane asks if they throw a fit. I certainly would if I was in the middle of doing something. Can't a guy get a little time for himself? Jane continues on this question, showing a pterodactyl chuck its stuffed animal across the room. And Poppy is standing there, scratching his head like, What the hell do I do with this? Um, yeah. Unless Poppy wants to spread his wings and learn how to fly. Not much he can do with that one. Then we cut to a duck-billed dinosaur, demanding to be read another book. The last one must have sucked. He should have listened to this podcast. Terrible mistake. I gotta say, though, Either this poppy has had a lot of stress over the last couple of pages, or it's a completely different poppy. Because the last poppy had a full head of hair, and now this guy is bald as all hell. Yep, it's definitely all different poppies. Unless poppy had time to go to the beach and get one hell of a tan. I guess it makes sense. It's all different dinosaurs too. And next up, we see a triceratops yelling at the top of its lungs. Must be a Greenpeace protester. What's next? Is he going to start destroying art and gluing his horns to the wall? This behavior should never be rewarded. He deserves a swift meteor to the ass. Doesn't he know? Shh! People are sleeping. Clearly the poppies can't handle the terrible behavior. So they come out and say, There's nothing I can do. Because when the going gets tough, they get going and they abandon their family in the middle of the night. I would say it's not the dino's fault, but then I would be lying. 
So now Jane asks the same question as the beginning, only this time she asks it about mom coming to the rescue. Oh no, a brontosaurus starts headbanging like it's at a corn concert. With dad not there, they must know they get the run of the roost. Sorry, uh, nest? What the hell would you call a roost for a dinosaur? I don't know. Anyway, look at An ankylosaurus tries to jump on mom's back. Okay, now that's crossing the line. Privileged much? Expecting to get carried to bed? That's not happening, especially when you're ten times mom's size. She needs to give this dino some hard rules about life and kick its ass out. Then again, we know what happened the last time they were left on their own. We get to see a couple more dinosaurs begin to break down and cry in defeat. Looks like me every night before my last job. David, come to bed. I don't want to go to bed. Why not? You need your sleep, dear. It just means my horrible job comes quicker in the morning. And my manager forcing bogus meetings on us about why sales are down. They're cyclical, Dan. They were down last May, they're down this May, and they're gonna be down every freaking May. And don't get me started about Doug. The guy has a different diet every week. And this week, it's the all-potato diet. The guy's literally shitting straight starch. No one can use the bathroom between the hours of 9 and 11. Um... Maybe you should stay up and look for a new job. Finally, we get back to the T-Rex, and we see it put lipstick on like it's Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. Quote, No dinosaurs don't. They don't even try. They give a big kiss. End quote. They don't act out at night? Just when I thought I had a species I could relate with. They go to sleep without issue. Of course they do. Because they know their options are worse. They could go back to sleeping outside on the cold hard ground or extinction. So these good dinosaurs turn out the lights and tuck themselves in. Just happy they get another day. On another note, I can't believe they fit in the bed. Must be a California king. These dinosaurs start whispering sweet nothings to mom. And then give her an embrace. And the story ends on a sweet little dinosaur fast asleep in its bed. How beautiful. And it looks like Poppy didn't abandon them after all. Let's just hope he doesn't go in the room and ruin it. What's the moral to this read? Well, it's pretty clear. It's, don't screw a good thing up. If you got a roof over your head, that's more than many people can say. So don't fight going to bed and make everyone's lives miserable. Or you could end up sleeping outside. Make life easier on yourself and others, and go to bed and just relax. Save the not going to bed for the freaking weekend, baby, we're gonna have us some fun. Everyone will be better off for it. What do I think of Jane's work? Well, actually, we reviewed a book of hers rather recently, called Owl Moon, on episode 447, and we thought that was a solid one. So if you're a fan of hers, go back and check that out. As for this read of hers, it was rather simplistic, looking to answer the one question of, how do dinosaurs sleep at night? Jane's writing was a clever way to get us, the readers, to look introspectively and think about the choices we make at night. 
by watching how bad dinosaurs would create problems and how good dinosaurs had a much more calm night. As for Mark Teague, no relation to NBA player Jeff Teague, his pictures worked hand in hand with Jane's writing, showing the results of certain emotions at night. Also, his choice to show different dinosaurs on each page was a nice touch. This book is like a meteor, and will wipe out any thoughts you have about behaving poorly before bed. On a scale from 1 to 5, I'm giving this book a 3.4. I'll have a heap and helpin' and go back for another servin' or two. But if someone turns out the light, look at This goose is cooked. Join us next time for another in-depth book review.